Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Oh, hey! Hey. Hi. Hello. How's it going? Well, it's so great. Want to go to San Francisco? I do. This episode that you're about to listen to is going to come to you live from the Brava Theater in beautiful San Francisco, where we had a very nice time with some very nice people and some particularly spectacular lighting design. (laughs) Uh, We were joined by Kate Leth. We were joined by Joanna Robinson. It was truly an awesome show. We hope you enjoy it. Before we get there, we have a few things we want to talk to you about. One, I was so excited on the stage of the Brava Theater that I misspoke a bit. I want to just apologize. I conflated Angel having his soul. He has his soul in China. He does not have his soul in London. You know that. I knew that. But just so when you get there, you're not like, uh, no, and I get 400 emails. I know. Mm -hmm. I know. I know. Mm -hmm. Um, Also... You may be wondering who won the Sexual Tension Award poll from Family, where the crystal dildo gave us all a run for our money. You're going to have to wait because we announced the winners inside the episode with Kate Leth, of course. (laughs) Uh, Also in this episode, wow, at the very end of this episode, wow, you're welcome in advance. A very special day that features the premiere, the debut of A Voice for Spike. We are joined... Musically, by the incredible Corey Brannon, a wonderful dude with whom I have played many shows and enjoyed many uh, a good musical hour. He oh, and so he's, great! He sounds great. He's all like like Spike meets Tom Waits. Uh huh. It's That's real nice. You're gonna like idea. it. Yep. Yep. So yep. welcome Corey to the family. <laughs> yeah, and thanks for being here. And also check out all of his records. They are everywhere that you find records. He's so so great. Yeah, and we'll put a link for um, finding more about Corey in the show notes. Oh yes. Speaking of links, you'll also find a link to our store where we have lots of new merchandise. We have the new Just Keep Fighting tee. We have the gold foil Smash the Demon Lizard Patriarchy t-shirt, which we got to see in San Francisco, and I'm obsessed with it. Sleepaway Witch Camp t-shirts. We've got Tis the Season crewnecks. In the UK store, we have a Tis the Season tee. There's a few ornaments left. There's not a lot. So if you want your ornament, you better snag Act it. Because, yeah, there's there's only a few left because everyone is obsessed with them, as are we. I have one hanging on my tree. The only thing scarier that I can think of than not getting a Smash the Demon Lizard <laughs> Patriarchy ornament when I want one very badly is... All right, uh, Jenny, to round out this year, 2019, I'm going to give you a story, a spooky news story uh, about a mysterious blob that was discovered in a Paris zoo. Uh, It is called Le Blob uh, because of Paris. (laughs) Uh, And there's a lot of things about this blob, but I know everybody wants to get to the live episode. So I'm going to just tell you that it was discovered. It has 720 sexes. It has no brain. It's unclear if it's a fungus or an animal. It can learn things. It 
has no stomach or mouth, but it can digest things. Uh, and get this, if it, if you, if you like teach it something, which these scientists who are, you know, investigating Le Blob, they, um, they've <laughs> discovered that like, if you teach, if they teach one blob something, then it will like sit next to another blob. Wait, there's more than one blob. Yeah. Yeah, there, uh-huh. there can be many blobs. Does the blob subdivide like a Yes, worm? the blob can subdivide. Oh. Um, well, so here's another crazy thing. If you cut it in half, it can heal itself in two minutes. Oh, no. Yeah, so look out oh, for the blob no. coming, coming to a theater near you. Uh, no, it's, um, yeah, I don't know. It just seems really cool and maybe scary, but like maybe it will be the thing that takes over the planet. Uh, and maybe that'll be good, you know? Maybe we need a lot of multi-gendered blobs um, to bring in 2020. I'm scared. Okay. <laughs> well, that's been your non-holiday specific. Oh, now I just pictured the blob with a little Santa hat okay, on. Okay, that does, that does take the end there off you a go. little bit. Uh, that has been your spooky news. Hey, a quick update slash reminder on prom coming this April. Our live taping of I Was Made to Love You on April 17th is sold out, but there are still tickets available for prom on the 18th. Hell yeah. If you've been hemming and hawing and thinking about whether or not to get a ticket for prom, (laughs) now is your time to act. Just go to BufferingTheVampireSlayer.com and click on events. Yes, it's going to be at the beautiful Bell House. There's going to be live music. We're going to be playing 90s tunes. It's kind of the best time ever. Um, Also, just a quick thank you to all of you who sent me emails about uh, wanting to volunteer for the transcription project. I have over 100 emails from you. So if you're waiting to hear back from me, it's just because I have 100 emails. Uh, So stay tuned. Next week, um, I'll be emailing all of you um, because while we only need five volunteers now, it's great to know that we have such a strong support system. So we're going to organize uh, as we do here to just keep fighting and uh, transcribing as the original (laughs) lyric perhaps went. Yes, of course. Um, Next week is the last episode of the year for Angel on Top, Darla, which is the crossover episode with this episode, Full for Love. I will be guesting with Brittany Ashley and Laura Zach. So you'll get to hear me talking all about Darla with them. So tune in there. And speaking of holiday breaks, Jenny, this is our last episode of 2019. We will be coming back with Shadow on January 8th. Hooray! Uh, But while we are non-episodic over the holidays, just want to remind you that you can hang out with us if you are a patron. We will have a Patreon Buffy watch on December 21st of Fool for Love. We'll also have a couple more exclusive Patreon activities coming up after that. We'll have a Buffy Watch of Scream 2 on January 11th, and I will be playing yet another concert of buffering songs streaming live upon the internet on February 22nd. Hell yes. If you're not a patron, you can become one by going to BufferingTheVampireSlayer.com and clicking on Patreon. Yes, join our family. Um, So if you're part of the Holiday Gift Exchange, that's fun. All the names have been drawn. We all have our uh, secret Holiday Scoobies. Hooray. And um, we are very excited to roll you into this live episode. Yes. We will uh, miss you over the holidays. But if you're uh, part of the Patreon, again, you can join us for some of those fun things. And uh, let's get into the episode. We'll see you on the other side of 2020. Yeah. Happy holidays. Woo! (laughs) 
are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Excuse me. <laughs> One at a time! For, for, for the listener at home, Jenny a la Britney Spears circa 1999 flipped her chair around and sat back down on it. Uh... I was thinking of doing it like more in the style of like a cool stepdad or substitute teacher who just wants to be real with the kids. Spoiler free, I am Jenny Owen Youngs. It cannot be denied. <laughs> and I am Kristen Russo. Correct. And today, today, San Francisco and surrounding Bay Area, we are here to discuss Fool for Love. Stay tuned at the end of this podcast every other week for a song written by Jenny Owen Youngs, and sometimes with help from Kristen Russo. Um, cool. So who wrote this? Who wrote Fool! this shit? For Love was written by Doug Petrie, directed by Nick Mark. Who? Nick Mark. <laughs> and originally aired on November 14th in the year <laughs> 2000. Do you have um, just a handful of days before, <laughs> before what, your ni 19th birthday? Before I turned... The tender age of 19. Jenny and I, uh, this is like seeing a shooting star for you because Jenny and I, on this very day, are the same exact age. Yes, yes enjoy it while it lasts, ancient one. <laughs> We're both 29. But we look 27. This is the one where we learn all about Spike, and then he... <sighs> That's the IMDb description. <laughs> Actually, Jenny, uh, if you'll just give me a short moment, um, I would like to start... The As though I have a choice. <laughs> I would like to start the episode off right. Um, because this is the one where... Spike, I love you. Spike, so dreamy. Spike, your trench coat. Spike, I love you. Spike, your black nails. Spike, peroxide. Wow! Is it all right if everyone, if with everyone, if I take off my red blazer? I asked Jenny to carry me out on stage, but she, her back is, is broken because she's so old. But not as old as the person who needed to be carried out on stage. Wow. Off Get the, the real, You got a real Miss Havisham vibe going on right now. Without the jacket. Let's get a taste of that cake. That is not what I meant. Wow. I mean, this podcast is devolving. <laughs> we have... I blame Kate. I was just going to say, speaking of 
cake and sexual metaphors, we have Kate Leff here tonight. And I'm not gonna like ruin anything, but you're gonna hear a little bit of jingle jangling when we bring out our other guest, whose name is Joanna fucking Robinson. <clears throat> All right, we should probably start talking about the episode. So, previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So the previously on is Spike, I love you, Spike, make it, right? That's about it, yes. Yeah, we get the things we need to know. Spike is a vampire, Spike has killed two slayers, uh, Spike's name is Spike because of a railroad spike, also William the Bloody, he's got a chip in his head, Buffy is having sex with him in his dreams. I said that I weird, like that but... you said Buffy's having sex with him in his <laughs> dreams, which is definitely what's happening. <laughs> yes, we've established on this podcast, Spike is a bottom, Xander is a bottom. <laughs> Anya is a top. Willow and Tara are two peasant bottoms, somehow gloriously mismatched together to great effect. And Riley takes off boots. <laughs> Does that make him like a switch? Because he's doing something active, but it's sort of like at ground level. I don't know. There's something there. This service, service bottom. Service bottom. Service bottom. <laughs> service cardboard bottom. Okay. So. We go to the, the graveyard is what I wrote, but we've had this conversation a million times. I'm like a goldfish. It's a cemetery. Yes. Not a graveyard. Yes. And Edward Scissorhands. Slash. I know. I, I can't, I have to do something that will make you mad at me for not saying the right thing. You know, okay. that's my role here. Okay. Oh. Uh, <laughs> we get the super punked out vamp. Buffy's wearing um, a fucking scarf that I don't understand. So impractical for slaying, and so are the pigtails, so many handles. So bad, you're giving your opponent way too many ins. It's true, and it's also like the skinniest little scarf. It's not providing any warmth. It's not provi It's truly only there to get in the way. If you think this scarf is small, have you ever seen Veronica Mars? <laughs> Veronica Mars wears like an eight foot long piece of dental floss that she like wraps around. She's like, she's legit like the woman with the thing where you want. <laughs> and she has two pennies. <laughs> and a bunch of matches to sell. And then when she takes her scarf off in front of her husband, after they get married, her head falls off. It's a thing, just trust me. That was actually good. That was a good transition. Uh-huh. Um, Buffy does this. It's not, I don't believe it's a wrestling move. I think it's a gymnastic move. Uh, just forward flips. She sort of like circles through the air very beautifully. And the whole first scene is, is you know, Buffy being Buffy. She's quipping. She's flipping. She's sipping. She's not, but I wanted to keep going. Um, and then, of course, this punk vamp uh, turns her own stake on her and stakes her... <gasps> A gasp. And it is. It, uh, I just remembered we didn't put screens on the microphones again. We're going to be peeing and teeing all over the place. 
I will not. Anyway, sorry, actually. that was an aside. Back to what I was saying. Which is that, okay, so Buffy takes her own steak to, the, to her stomach. And, and I think, and I'm curious as to if you agree with me, but I think that this is set up very much where you think it's a dream. Like, we cut to the credits, and I feel like if you watch this show, you're like, this didn't really happen. The blood is so red. This would never happen to Buffy. Blood would never be this red. <laughs> I mean, it just seems really, it seems very dreamlike, I think, because we don't expect it to happen, just like Buffy, of course, did not expect it to happen. Cut to the credits. And then the credits are over. <laughs> and that's a lot of blood on that baby blue sweater. Oh, oh, she's wearing baby blue? Kate's gonna be so excited. Yo! Yeah, I'm sure that's what Kate's gonna be excited about in this episode. <laughs> um, okay, Buffy fucking pulls the fucking steak out of her stomach. Like, okay. You're don't, not, you don't do that. But, okay, but in her defense, you also don't leave it in. I think you do. Do you have, do we have a doctor? Don't involve them. No, they know too much. No, we have a doctor right here. Do you pull it out or do you do you leave it in? A nurse. You leave it in. Okay, but what if you're still fighting a vampire and you need maximum mobility? Then what? Pardon, pardon, pardon. Do what you gotta do! But... But then go to the hospital, or... Well, we'll get into the ors, the other possibilities in a, in a moment. But first, things are not looking good for Buffy. I mean, they already weren't looking good for Buffy, and then she's, uh, she's not doing so good. Yeah, and there's a moment before your boyfriend rolls up. Um, mad about it! Oh, you saved her? The patriarchy! What a bad boyfriend. The patriarchy. No. I'm not. Literally, no. Just simmer down. I am not mad about uh, Riley helping. I'm mad about Riley being your boyfriend. <laughs> Did you say you're mad about Riley being my boyfriend? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean... Before the wonderful, beautiful, glistening Riley comes in to save the day, I have something serious. Would you say he's like effulgent? As we later learn, effulgent rhymes nicely with has a bulge in it. <laughs> Which applies across the board. Yeah. The it's cardboard. Sh- it's true. I'm, I'm gonna helping, go. I'm, I'm gonna go. She's good. <laughs> Can I say something serious? Yes. I know, right? No, Kristen, you cannot. But, but I want to just call attention to one thing before Riley strolls in with his bulges and effulges, <laughs> which is that Buffy is up against the, what do you call that thing? Mausoleum. She, uh, thank you. <laughs> She's up against the mausoleum and the vamp comes for her and there's like this moment and she really does not fight back and I feel like it's an important moment because then the rest of the episode we learn about, we'll talk about it, uh, but we learn about what piece of the Slayer is often involved in the death of the Slayer, which is a death wish. And I think we see like a, a, a glimmer, a glint, if you will, in Buffy's eyes. To a certain degree, can you blame her? I just like, 
flew here from LA today no. and I had like uh, a delay where I like got on the plane and then they were like, there's a delay and then we got off of the plane. And I was like, I don't know. Yeah. It just feels like a lot. <laughs> and she's out there every night. No, there I... is no delay on the SS vampire, which is not how planes are named traditionally. <laughs> I, I do not, I do not uh, blame her at all for having a bit of a death wish. Um, and to, to, to like get serious for a second, like I think this is a big thing to talk about, right? We, all of us, Scoobies, right? We one of our anthems that we have from our podcast is just keep fighting. It's hard to just keep fighting, and like Buffy has been at this now for many, many years. Um, and at some point in the episode, the phrase "death is on your heels" is said, uh, and that's like what she lives with every day. Uh, so I don't think that it's bananas at all for any of these slayers to have had a death wish because it gets real fucking hard, right? Don't. Seriously? Whoa. Seriously? There was a greater, I'm sorry. There was a greater context where you were like, death is on her heels. And it's like, well, I mean, death used to like be all over the place. And now, now she I just has Riley on her heels pulling her boots off real slow. <laughs> I have a question. I'm going to pose as many of my questions as I can before Kate and Joanna come out so that they can ruminate on them. But um, there are many slayers. And, like, we learn about two, which we'll discuss. Uh, one, who is in China. Uh, another one, New York City. Buffy, Sunnydale, except for that one weird time when she was in Cleveland. <laughs> so I just, like, we know that there is a Hellmouth in Sunnydale. But why was the Slayer in China in 1900? And, like, why was the Slayer in New York City in 77? And doesn't it just seem like a bad structural plan to just have the one, like, yeah. wherever? <laughs> The patriarchy! <laughs> it's too much power for me to have, to have all these jingles. Okay, so um, Riley is... <laughs> Riley's been trained in combat bandaging. Aging Dr. Riley for medical patch-up. Second floor of the Summers household. Please report, clothing optional. I just feel like I could have done this bandaging job. Like, it, it looks like he, like, taped a piece yeah, of the Yeah, you bandage. could have pulled that boot off, too, but you didn't. I would have pulled that boot off yeah. better. Okay. I just feel like he taped a little bit of bandage and then was like, can you spin around for me? And he just... Just looks a little <laughs> loose. Um, they have this exchange that's very important because Riley is like, so how many how many vamps were there? Like, was it this like you know super crazy bad guy? And she was like, no, it was just one vampire, um, which is scary, but not as scary as Dawn. <laughs> oh, Dawn's doing so great. She She's is warning them that Joyce is coming. She covers up. That's all you got. <laughs> She, no, she is. She is. She's warning them about Joyce, but like, was Joyce going to barge in? Because that seems weird. So she opens the door, right? And they have a very cute exchange. And I guess that they're having cuter exchanges now because Buffy has the temper on this isn't just my little sister, you know? Right? I just panicked, you guys. I was like, we got there, right? <laughs> Y'all know Don's the key. Oh, oh, oh God. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. We're definitely seeing uh, an extra layer to Buffy's side of their relationship. Yeah. Especially when she's like, check out my wound. <laughs> and Dawn's like, cool. I mean, gross. Right. And Dawn's like, I will help you with the house stuff. And uh, Riley is like, I will help you with the patrolling. <laughs> <laughs> but could you please, for my peace of mind, my handsome boyfriend who's so strong, I worry about you. Could you please take my very helpful friends? <laughs> They're great at patrol. They bring snacks. They dress inconspicuously. Has Anya ever been on patrol? <laughs> Anya is like, she's like wearing heels, I think. She's Bucky got, wears heels all the time to well, patrol. Anya is like, she's like hobbling the whole time, like trying to keep her scarf over her shoulder. <laughs> she's got like a purse. Yes. It's good. Riley does a beautiful hand move. Chew, chew. <laughs> Willow is looking fantastic. <laughs> What, it's like you start at the top and you're like, surely this has to be the worst part. <laughs> this like sort of like crushed chenille like bucket hat, but in a condom style. <laughs> then you move down and you're like, oh no, it's spreading. <laughs> the sweater is way more infected than the hat. <laughs> and then somehow she is wearing like white pants with pink Flowers twined all over them. They're green. They look pink. Maybe I'm infected too now. <laughs> so they have this exchange. My favorite part of the exchange is something that didn't actually happen. Like Riley's pissed. They're like chomping on chips. They're they're yelling it's at very Riley. Very loud chomping. His concerns are reasonable. They are, they are. And then Xander like screams out. Uh, Riley is upset about it. And he, what he says, because I, I turned the closed captioning on, and what he says is, see, now he's all mad and sarcastic. But what I heard three times before I turned the closed captions on was, see, now he's all madam sarcastic. <laughs> and you were like, who is she? <laughs> Wow. Uh, yeah. But um. But then. Yes. Do you know what else he says? I do. But you R should. You should tell. Riley's, us. and this is relatable content, folks. So buckle <laughs> up. Riley is like a big jungle cat. How come I'm not like that? He's just so cool. And then I think I turned the closed captioning on, and it said boy, oh, yo, yo, yo. Yeah. No, it did. I kept mine on, and that cool, is exactly. Cool, cool. And then, like, I don't want to get ahead of exactly where this happens in the cemetery, but there's, like, a thing where they're, like, running all low in a line, and, like, Xander's hand is, like, very close to Riley's butt the whole time, and they're, like, running. Just something you might want to go back and enjoy. You think Xander has some boots at home? Oh, what do you do when you're a service bottom and a bottom bottom? So anyway, uh, Buffy's pissed off that there aren't any, I don't know, live tweetings of the last time that yo, the Slayer was killed. But like, okay, so, right, Buffy's like, what happened? And Giles like, there's no record. And there's this like very sad, like, 
squeak moment for Jenny, where Giles is trying to say, like, I think that probably this was too painful for them, and that's why they didn't. Dad! Should I play his jingle? Yeah! Giles, hot dad. When you were younger, you were real bad. But now you're older, you got glasses that help you watch over us. Thank you, Giles. And so Giles has a jingle, and if you've been paying attention to the podcast, you will notice that the Watchers Council does not. <laughs> Actually, I guess they I guess they do. Yeah, it's the patriarchy jingle. But 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 my point is that like I think that Giles is a bit uh, rose-colored glasses. Like I think he loves Buffy. <sighs> he has a father's love for the child. <sighs> And I think that he thinks like these records haven't been kept because he wouldn't be able to keep that record. But I actually think that if we think about the council and we think about the Slayers, they probably just don't give a fuck, right? It's like one's out, another one's in. Like, I, I don't think that, I think there's well, no- the, the larger structure of the council, which, you know, is employing a lot of people in Tweed, but I think on a watcher by what, like the watcher that actually has uh, custody of the current living Slayer, I think that relationship is often not per is personal. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, that's what I. Well, we don't really have anything else to go off of. Although Faith and Do her we watcher have any were watchers. Do you remember Faith <laughs> and her what? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, when are we gonna get to use it again? She's from Boston, keeps it spot and doesn't need any frills. Seems like she's the only one who's taking care of herself. Don't call her loser, she's a bruiser with the power and skill. But the demons deep inside her are the hardest to kill. Faith! You know what's remarkable is that I, I remade this um, jingle playlist for today because we have some new jingles and I wanted to make sure they were all here. And so I was like pulling them in. I was like, no, we won't need that one. We won't need that one. And then I looked at Faith and I was like, you know, we just might. <laughs> and I'm so glad I did. But yeah, I mean, right. Faith's watcher. Oh, remember her? Well, no, I mean before. You mean, no, she wasn't really Faith's watcher I know, though. but remember her? Yeah, she was like Hermione, you once famously said. <laughs> Just like Hermione. Thank you, Jenny. Attributed Thank you. to Kristen Russo. <laughs> Thank you so much. Jenny Calendar is dead, attributed to Jenny Onya. <laughs> okay. All right, so cut to Spike's Crypt. Blam. It's a good day for Spike. Because he's getting slapped around by Buffy. Oh. And he's like, do it harder, baby. It doesn't feel like it usually does. <laughs> Truly. He he's like, thumbs up. And then they go to the bronze, which is nice, because I feel like we haven't hung out there. I mean, we had Tara's party there, but it was very brief, a montage. You know, this is a real hang. <laughs> Spike's drinking some shitty beer. 
And he's like, hey, you're asking me these questions and you want quick answers, but this is not a quick answer kind of a thing. This is more a the duration of a plate of spicy buffalo wings kind of conversation. Precisely. Uh, and lo and behold, when Buffy calls for the spicy plate of buffalo wings, she hurts her side. And he's like, I knew there was something up with you. And then he says a quote. It's on the poster designed by Kate Leth. What do we think of this poster, by the way? What can I tell you, baby? I've always been bad. Cut to the least bad, the least bad man we've ever met. William the poet. What rhymes with gleaming? Oh, so he's just, I, His I, glasses are so small. They're so small. Just make them bigger. That's like, I like them. That's, there, I'm holding up imaginary lenses to my eyes right now, listeners, and I can tell you that more of my field of vision is outside <laughs> of those lenses than inside. Don't you dare. <laughs> How dare you? Oh. All right. So this nerd is at a party writing some poetry by himself. We've all been there. We have! I just like really like William the Bloody. I do, I think he's sweet. I would date him. Um, and he, so he's writing bad, I guess it's bad poetry, whatever. Honestly, I've heard they worse. laughed at effulgence, but I feel like as we learned earlier, the laugh line is really bulging it. <laughs> It doesn't feel, in terms of the bad poetry I have experienced over the course of my life, it does not feel like a standout piece. Uh, yeah. Cecily is a fucking asshole. I'm sorry, but this person- There are just other ways, madam. Yes. This is, like she's just out to be shitty. She's being shitty for shitty sake. There are so many ways that you can let someone know that they are a great person, but you are not that into them, you know? And this is not fucking one of them. Fuck you, Cecily. She says, we should probably say what she says. Um, you're nothing to me, William. You're beneath me. And then he cries. Also, uh, it's briefly mentioned at the party that um, there's been a rash of disappearances around yes. town. I wonder who could be responsible. It's, it's also mentioned at the party that William the Bloody existed because oh, yeah. he was so bloody bad at poetry, which is His nice. bloody awful poetry. And there's also that fucking asshat in the corner who's like, I'd rather have a railroad spike in my head than hear that poetry. And we're like, yeah, buddy. <laughs> Just wait, it's coming. That, that spike is headed your way. So Spike goes out into the uh, London streets, and this is very cool if you are um, watching Angel, or if you've watched Angel, this is a direct crossover. You see this scene from, are you so excited? You're so excited. <laughs> yes, it is, it is a crossover. It is, because you see the scene from the other side, and I'm going to, I don't think this is a spoiler, but because it is in the uh, timeline with the show, but we know from watching both shows that this Angel is Angel. Angel has his soul in this scene. Um, he's gone back. If you're not an Angel watcher, this whole 
situation in London happens after Angel has gotten his soul and he's trying, he loves Darla so much that he just wants to be with her. So he's trying to be a bad vampire even though it's killing him. So that's important context. <sighs> yeah, there's a lot, right? Oh, that was, I felt like I was like on a talk show for a moment. <laughs> there was like a murmur in the crowd, like, <laughs> <laughs> Um, but so we see this scene in the episode Darla, which you'll hear uh, Laura and Brittany and me talk about. Um, and then Spike, or William, I guess, goes back, he's crying, and who appears? Jingle. I know, right? It's a very jingle, it's a very jingle uh, heavy episode, but how could we not? Are you ready? Yes! Just in case you thought I was wearing this white lace turtleneck for some other bizarre reason. <laughs> All right, so Drusilla is like, I see you. And Drusilla is not a fucking liar, right? Like, because we've She's seen- many things, but not a liar. But not a liar. Like, we've seen vampires, like, tell humans what they want to hear so that they can, like, bite them. <laughs> and that does happen, but- <laughs> Put that to the side for a minute. It does. This is very consensual. Is this, this is the most consensual siring I've seen. Is that true? Yeah. It is, right? Yeah, props to fucking Drew. She's like, hey, um, here's what I know about you. You're fucking strong. You fucking are cool. I don't write the lines down, but this... Uh, I did actually write one. Uh, you've got burning baby fish swimming round your head. Explain that, she says. Okay, okay, okay. Uh-huh. Um, she also says, you walk in worlds the others can't begin to imagine, which is a little more accessible. Mm -hmm. she I also, don't know, I like the fish. She also grabs his junk, which is very... Accessible. I mean, I can't. I'm sorry. What? She grabs his junk. You, it's like off. It's like out of the frame. She does. Yeah. What show are you watching? She grabs his bulge in it. I missed it. Yes. I missed the the bulge in it grab. Um, and you she's... can tell because of James Marster's face. <laughs> He has that very specific cheekbone alignment. Yeah. Um, and she plucks the word effulgent sort of like from him. God damn it, I love Drusilla. Yeah. Yeah, Juliet Landau, man, she rules. Uh, and then she says, do you want it? And he's like, and, and matter of fact, I do. But then he's like, ow, 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 ow. <laughs> It's a little, it's a little like um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie, when the, when, um... <laughs> Paul Rubens? Paul Rubens dies, yeah. Um, but it's, it's funny. It's good. I like it. My next note is, LOL, Anya's waddle and purse. <laughs> so I guess we go back to the cemetery. Uh, the vamps are like... <laughs> like, <laughs> they're 
are just like... Yeah, they have a real, like, orc vibe going on. <laughs> he's just still talking about how he ki- I killed her with her own weapon, like, blah, blah, blah. And Riley's like, there's too many, we'll kill him in the morning. And this, now that I'm seeing it in my notes, is the scene where Xander is, and I quote, basically running along, <laughs> reaching for Riley's butt through the cemetery. <laughs> Oh, I know that somewhere in the audience there's an Emily McLongstreet who will gift that shit for us. <laughs> thanks, Emily. Ahuga. And thanks, thanks for our whiskeys, too. <laughs> okay. Oh, great. My next heading, like I head them where we go, and it's bronze slash pool table. <laughs> you know, I am queer. <laughs> I know. Oh. Finally! I know you've been waiting a long time for me to tell you that, but I just fucking, a pool table will always do it for me. Just the table? Uh, no. Um, the table, the balls, and the stick. So that's actually, you've said some, you know what? Okay. (laughs) And even sometimes the little chalk. Help. Okay. If you're listening, if you can hear this, please help. So I'm being held against my will inside this podcast. (laughs) So Spike and Buffy are talking. Jenny? Yes. And, and Buffy's like, eh, fucking, so you became a fucking vampire, whatever. And Spike is like, no, man, fuck you. Like, that's actually a really big deal to me. <laughs> you know, like, that was, it's a profound experience. Then he, this is where I get even gayer. He lights his fucking match on the pool table. Queer women, please beware. <laughs> that's all I need, just light a match on a pool table. I'm yours. Thank you. Okay. What do you got, Jenny? I'll tell you what I got. I was through playing by society's rules. I decided to make some of my own inhale on cigarette to light it. Getting killed made me feel alive for the first time. Wow. Oh. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I was just working with dynamics. (laughs) I didn't know that was going to (laughs) hit. Sometimes I'm loud. Sometimes I'm not. It's very, it's very, this is a very important episode, you know? Like, I know that we're funny sometimes. We have a lot of serious shit to talk about. So then. Here she goes. Serious shit. You can tell just by her fucking stance. It's a flashback. And we're learning. Mm -hmm. We're learning about uh, different artistic approaches. Angel is like, mmm, delicious finesse. Oh, I just put my whole mouth on the microphone. Spike is like, I'll put my whole mic on. (laughs) Damn it! (laughs) Uh, But yeah, Spike's approach is, I will put my whole mouth on the microphone. Yes, thank you. Right, and they have different approaches, but also remember, there's a lot going on for Angel, you know? There's a lot going on for him. Um, (laughs) 
So Darla and Drusilla are in, so they're in hiding because Spike has been dramatic. I mean, pot calling the kettle, Angel. <laughs> the most dramatic of all vampires. Oh, he's got like 80 years on Spike. He's matured. He's got a soul on Spike, but yeah. Yeah. All right, but the ladies, Drusilla and fucking Darla. Darla is like hot, hot, hot. They're gonna fight, hell yeah. <laughs> Her, like, bodice is tightened. I don't know. What, does, what do women wear a hundred years ago, and how does it move? A corset, and it doesn't. Is a bodice a garment? I should ask Kate, but is a bodice a garment, or is it like a section of a garment? It's like the boob area. The crowd whoa, went whoa, wild. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Again, you know too much. Please hold. So were you going to wait for Kate for the answer? Yeah, or I'll just do my own bodice research on my own time. Both. Kate says, unsurprisingly, it's both. <laughs> Kate, it's both left. Everybody. First of all, Darla does, that's the sentiment, but Darla looks at Drusilla and she says, I think our boys are going to fight. And it's good. And then Drusilla's like, the king of cups wants his picnic, but it's not his birthday yet. And then Dora, Darla's like, yeah. Like Darla's just like, whatever I'll you. I'll work with it. Uh, I want a spin-off that's Darla and Drusilla from 1880 to 1900. <laughs> um, speaking of spin-offs we'd watch, it's time for a naughty little bottom to provoke a great big bear. <laughs> what? It's I'm their sorry. Boy. I'm sorry, you just looked right into my eyes when you said it, and it was too much for me to handle. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, a naughty little bottom does what? <laughs> Spike, a naughty little bottom. As <laughs> a provoke fucking great big da broad shoulder daddy. Yeah. See, I knew you would be on board. I was. I was on board for the whole thing except for the eye contact. <laughs> uh, Honestly, yeah. I regret it. Yeah, they get up in each other's vampire sweat uh, in this scene. And then Spike learns that there is a thing called a slayer. Incredible that it took him 20 fucking years to learn that. Don't you just get that in your handbook? <laughs> <laughs> it does seem it does seem a little weird that it hasn't come up yet, but maybe they've just been not on the same continent as the one and only. That's Slayer. true. All right, solid point for a while. Um, yes. Also, I feel like it's worth noting that Angel almost fucking stakes Spike. Yeah. Well, makes sense, all things considered. Yeah. 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 Which is why I bring it up. That's and all. then Spike is like, "Yeah, Angel, stake me." <laughs> He really is. So, uh, 
um, we learn that Spike is now, he says, I never hid, I sought her out. Like, as soon as he learns there's a fucking Slayer, which is, this is how, kind of how I feel about, I mean, not Slayers, but like Spike, uh-huh. Spike likes a challenge, you know? Okay. He's like, what could make me prove that I am a natural talent? Killing a Slayer. Help. What, I'm just saying, like, do you not, do you not have that feeling yes, of- you and Spike are natural talents. <laughs> We are, we are, but that is not the breaking piece of news. Uh, <laughs> lesson the first. I have a lot of things I like about this episode. One of my favorite things is the fact that he says, lesson the first and lesson the second. He really stuck it through, you know? The he kept that, and I drama. love it. It's, it's good. The drama. And he says something very important. A slayer must always reach for her weapon, but I've already got mine. And then he's like... <laughs> Wow, that is exactly what he's like. In Natural the middle talent. of the bronze during a very busy time. Yeah. But the patrons there are not as surprised by him being a vampire as they are about the violence at the pool table, you know? True. They're like, yeah, yeah, vamps, but like, don't push her wound, man. And both of them scream. <laughs> okay. So... Now we get to lesson the first, which is China, 1900, the Boxer Rebellion. This slayer has a fucking sword, and I'm into it. He's also yeah, got she's like cool as hell. She's real fucking. I will also take a spinoff about this slayer. That long braid. She's got. I'm starting to suspect that spinoff is a euphemism for you. <laughs> You caught me. Um, and, and we see, I'm trying, I'm trying so hard to be serious for you all. But really, I just want to laugh um, and talk about sex. Um, so she, they're fighting, and it's a fucking great fight. Like, props to the choreographer, um, the stunt person for this. All of the fight scenes in this episode are incredible. Um, and she reaches for her stake after her sword gets, like, stuck in a stone. I don't know. That's a whole thing. Um, and this explosion goes off, so she drops the stake, which is exactly what he's saying, right? Like, he doesn't ha- that is not an error that Spike can face. And then he kills her. And there's this moment, and that's why I brought up the moment at the mausoleum, um, title of my forthcoming memoir. <laughs> um, <laughs> the moment in the mausoleum. <laughs> Uh, where she just has this look, right? It's like she wants to fight, but she's also fucking tired. Um, and yeah, and he kills her. And before he kills her, she's like, can you just tell my mom that I'm sorry? And Spike is like, sorry, I don't speak Chinese. Fucking, yeah, we have moved from William uh, the Bloody to Spike the Asshole. Um, and he, he drinks her blood, some of it. And then in comes fucking Drusilla. So what, what is that important thing, Jenny? What is the important um, thing that happens before we go? Oh, my God. Drusilla comes in and she's like, look at the wonderful mess you've made. Or whatever she says. And there's a lot of, like, licking of blood off of fingers and no. rubbing of blood into gums. And no. And then they make out. And then they, I think, fuck against a column. 
Did I forget something? No, no, no. The fucking against the column, you started to get on track. But there wasn't a lot of licking of blood off of a lot of fingers, which is very, like, it's very specifically not that. It is the sucking of blood off of one finger. And I think that it might be the most sexual thing that we have ever seen in this series to date. <laughs> Apart from the boot. But this is like, I was like, oh God, should I look away? <laughs> it seems like you guys are having a private moment. It's a lot. Uh, yes, the blood of the Slayer is a powerful aphrodisiac <laughs> 1080p HD. My, my, <laughs> my actual note is doing it slash aphrodisiac slash finger suck, in case you were wondering. Okay, so then they go outside, Jenny. Then they go outside, and Drew's like, guess what my boyfriend did? And then she's like, Angel's trying, it, you think that Angel's trying to look unimpressed, but right. he's actually, like, bummed. And Drew's like, it smells like fear. And Angel's like, yeah, it smells like that all over here. And all these other people, not me, definitely not me. I'm not afraid. Well, well and also um, in, the, in Darla, you know that there's a missionary family that he has seen and left uh, in the alleyway. So there's also that fear that he's like trying to protect them. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot going on for... Detective Angel. Wow. Uh, Great. I, I have to get I have to get something for this. If Jenny brought a fucking, I want to just guess what it is, but I don't want to like blow up her spot if I'm right. So we'll just wait. How's everybody doing? Great. Okay, great. Okay, so do you know what Kristen Russo thinks? What do I think? Kristen Russo thinks that when Spike jumps off of a one-foot-tall stack of flower sacks, he looks so cool. He does! Now, I'm at least as cool as Spike, and this is twice as tall! Do you believe in me? I believe in you. I wish you had a float. You want to put on my jacket? Okay, 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 for the, for the sake of the experiment. I am a scientist. I can't do slow-mo, unfortunately. I'll try my best. Be careful, Jenny. Jenny, for the listeners at home, is about to jump over a black box from the black box theater of this stage um, as though it is the barrel. Don't worry, you'll be able to see it because everyone in the audience is holding up their phones to video. What an idiot! I know... I have a vested interest in looking cool right now, and that did not look cool. You know it. I know it. Spike knows it. I think he looks cool. You got it in slow-mo? Thank you. Thank you. Please send this to us at bufferingthevampireslayer at gmail.com. Thank you so much. I mean, it looks cool in the show, too. She's wrong. She's wrong about Riley. She's wrong about the barrel jump. But she looks great in suspenders. You got to give her that. Today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas. 
If you're anything like me, you deeply enjoy going to the movies. Going to the movies is probably among my top three all-time activities. I love seeing films on the big screen. I also love being around other people who are watching the same movie with me at the same time. And of course, I love eating giant buckets of popcorn. If you feel the same and you like going to the theater, Regal Unlimited is something that just makes sense. Regal Unlimited is the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two movie visits. You can see any standard 2D movie anytime, no blackout dates, no restrictions. When you want to watch a movie in 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX, there's so many ways to watch movies these days, your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets, you will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all you can watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two visits. So if you're planning to see two movies this month, join Regal Unlimited and sign up now. You can sign up in the Regal app or on regmovies.com slash unlimited. Sign up for Regal Unlimited using code buffering and earn 10% off your three-month subscription. Please let us know about all of the movies you see and how the popcorn is. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. So right after Spike jumps off the barrel, listen, I've had moments, a lot of moments in my life when I've tried to look cool on camera, so I... Understand. Always jumping off boxes in slow-mo. I mean, even walking and looking cool is very difficult for me. So I just have a lot of respect for James Marsters because he just like jumps off the barrel and his cheekbones are like glinting the moonlight. <laughs> I don't know. I think he looks cool. Discuss and debate amongst yourselves. He looks cooler than most people would look doing that, but that doesn't make it cool. <laughs> a debate and for I the ages. And you know this. All right, so we cut back to the bronze. Yo, you think it's like wild for Buffy to hear stories about like her ex in the Boxer Rebellion? Probably. She's like, yeah, cool, tell me another. She's like, oh, I unfollowed him on ancient Instagram. <laughs> now he's all up in my mentions. Did you say ancient Instagram? <laughs> Great. Yeah. <clears throat> Whew. That's what I'm saying. I was trying to think of a name for it, but I just got stuck in Stonehenge-gram, and it 
It didn't, it didn't fit in Stonehengegram. And what do you got for us? Like monolithogram? Well, that's pro that's actually just like a, yeah, okay. I'll work on it. So we go back to the bronze and Spike is like, it was, that was the best night of my life, which is really saying something for a vampire of his age. Um, and Buffy is disgusted. She's like, this is like, we might as well, we could take Spike out and put Faith in for this exchange. It's the same exchange that they have all the time. She's like, you sicko, you got off on it. And he's like, and you're telling me that you don't? Faith is in the Buffy. corner. Faith is in the corner smoking a cigarette like, I fucking told you, B. <laughs> we all get off on it. Don't you remember that infamous set of unaccounted for hours? Oh boy. Don't you remember? <laughs> don't you remember Buffy acknowledging the core truth of the post-slay hungry horny factor? I Tacitly. Do. I do. Don't you remember all those missing hours? I do. I remember them from the show, and I also remember them from you telling us. And we don't need to retread all of that right now, but it, I'm just, I'm on your side. Thank you. That's all. I didn't know if I was on trial or, like, being lifted up. Um, yeah. I have your back on this matter. Uh, you know... Who else is probably into it? It's Kate Leth. strange you can't really see people um you can you just have to ask kathy okay cool. kathy can we see the people oh, there yeah. they oh, are <laughs> you go up so much higher than i expected <laughs> okay kathy make the people go away <laughs> hi i'll miss you <laughs> thank you kathy uh hi hi kate <laughs> i'm just like back there being like i have so you've tucked so many outfits oh my god i know what do you have to say oh so much um I have all these screenshots on my phone that I can't really share with you, but I will when you post it. Okay, uh, okay. Because this, like, sometimes, sometimes I'm grasping at straws. I will not <laughs> lie. There are certain ones. Sometimes there's only two Xanders in an episode. <laughs> and so you really go on a tangent about buying clothing. Because um, you got to keep the people entertained. But sure. this one, my God, start to finish, um, solid ensembles. Yes, that scarf. What is she doing? I, I mean. don't know. Only to be outdone by then Anya's scarf, which is somehow a Doctor Who longer than Buffy's. <laughs> it's incredible. There's, look, I can't, oh, I left my phone backstage, but I'll show, Willow's hat? No. <gasps> Woo. We is must it, never. Is it felt? Is it, it's not crocheted, other many, Okay. Look, yeah, it's like, it's, like, it's like what you do with wool when you make those little wool yes. animals, yes. but instead it's a hat. My mom does those. Oh. Anyway, she could have made this hat for Willow. 
Um, my mom should talk to your mom. My mom loves buying those wool things. Oh, yeah. So my mom loves to make we'll them. We'll talk after. She's very crafty. She's currently making us a, a giant um, sewn octopus with, with <gasps> uh, like, armature arms in it just because, like, she found the pattern, and I was like, if you give us that, you don't have to get me anything else for the wedding. That's all I want is a giant octopus. Will it be has... at the wedding? Absolutely. Fantastic. <laughs> It's giving me away. Kate's getting married. <laughs> they're, uh, they're backstage being very supportive right now. Hi, but, Colin. Uh, Hi, Colin. Yes, uh, we drove here from LA today, so it's been an, an adventure. But yeah, um, all right. So, what do you, what do you guys want to touch on in this specific thing? I mean, well, I mean oh, Chris, oh, with oh, Kristen, the what a fucking list never ends. What she wants to touch on. Yeah. What a great, what a great way. There's a lot of things in this episode I would like to touch on. <laughs> yeah, Kate. That's actually a really great um, transition to the first. Thank you so much. Yeah, the first mm. thing that I would like to announce. Normally, we do the Sexual Tension Award winners um, and the intro, but due to incredible timing, we have the results from family. And mm. I and what I would like to share with you is it was there. You were yeah yeah. <laughs> you were really truly there <laughs> in so many ways. 7% of our voters voted for Farmer Finn and City Slayer. They did not do great. I feel like we could have taken it farther, and given the time, I feel that we should. Just explore that on a, on a I, fiction stage. A spinoff? Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Uh-huh. <laughs> you spin until it's off. Like that. Wow. 9% of our voters <laughs> went for wrestling Riley and Xander. You're my people. 37% <laughs> went for Spike and Fantasy Buffy, leaving an entire 47% for the Crystal Dildo and all of us. You know, our, our, uh, we're staying near somewhere that's right across the street from a sex toy store, and I... I Truly? Re yeah, yeah. Uh, and I almost was like, I wonder. <laughs> I wonder if they have one that I can just bring. But they're very expensive. I, I, um, I did look up crystal massagers. I considered it as a gift. There are a lot. But then I just didn't know if it was appropriate mm. um, to just, like, just carry crystal dildos through TSA. Yeah, no, that's probably fine to be limited to the theater of the mind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, fantasy, reality, reality, mm -hmm, fantasy. Mm -hmm. Okay, so anyway, Kate, I mean, yeah. what, what we want to know is tell us your feelings on this. You drew this on an iPad. I did. <laughs> on an iPad. I, uh, I went to visit my mom. Shout out to my mom. Um, <laughs> she's great. She doesn't listen to this podcast, but shout out to her anyway. Uh, she, she's busy. She doesn't want to hear me talk about dildos. She's had enough of that. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I was going to see her and I got this sort of frantic message uh, as I was boarding my plane. It's about a 12-hour journey to get from yeah. LA to Nova Scotia. And Chris was like, hey, uh, so if you have any time and can do this and we have two days. And I was like, oh, of course, though. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Of course I can do that. Ugh. Um, so in between watching uh, The Lion King on the screen of the person sitting in front of me on uh -huh. the airplane. Oh, yeah. Um, I drew As you most do. of this poster in a, a program that had come out the day before. 
<laughs> Thanks, Adobe Fresco. You really <laughs> saved me on this one. Fresco. Yeah, you can save in vectors. It's great. Anyway, wow. um, so yes, that was that was born. My mom also helped me and told me at one point uh, that I had spent too long on Spike's face. <laughs> She was like, you need to move on. And I was like, well, it's been 19 years that it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. I love him. I love him so much. I mean, I know. And that's yeah. like, you know, we, we often, when you're on episodes, we're often linear. This is not an episode I feel we need to be linear about. What no. I feel is that you need to tell us what this episode means to you, oh. some of your, like, you know, whatever, some of your favorite moments, what oh. you think of cheekbones. Hey, what do you think of the barrel jump? I, it's endeared to me like a, a child doing a piano Jenny, recital. shut yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Her stupid face. <laughs> it's like, aw. <laughs> You're so bad. <laughs> Oh, who's a bad boy? You. You're just killing people, drinking their blood. <laughs> I figured out that to get Jenny's cheekbones to James Marster's levels, you just need to tell me I'm wrong in front of her. Yeah, you just... <laughs> <laughs> Is Drusilla wearing a tiny little top hat, or did I just <laughs> put that in after the fact in my mind? That's where she keeps uh, all that's left of her sanity. Okay. <laughs> Is up there. It's real cute. Now, Darla's got lots of it. She's got seven hats on top of each other. Um, Darla's outfit is incredible. Do you think it's one of her doll's hats? Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. She's amazing. And yes, uh, obviously. Blood the, of the Slayer. The, oh, Blood of the Slayer. Yes. I, the, you know, we're not quite to that point yet. I don't know if you want to go in the chronology, but when we get oh, no. to the other Slayer. We're off the rails. And they do the jacket reveal. I lost it the first time I saw yeah. that. Yeah. This came out in 2000. So I was 12, had just turned 12. But yes, no, that was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, this is where the jacket came from. Um, it's an it incredible. It's so, so you sit in, in writer's rooms a lot. I do. And so I want to know if you think, like, because it's a beautiful reveal, and mm -hmm. there's a lot of this show that they very much knew in advance. Do you think that they knew that in advance, or do you think they were like, you know, it'd be fucking cool? Yes. No, I can absolutely 100% guarantee what happens is they were talking about, oh, what would she wear? You know, we were going to, like, really play up his Sid Vicious thing and, like, do that whole thing. And they're like, oh, she could do this. And then someone was like, oh, my God. <laughs> what if she had the leather jacket? Oh. And then everyone in the room was like, put it on the board. Put yeah. it on the board. <laughs> Go on to the episode. Um, we <laughs> cut to... Outside the bronze, Caitla, mm. where I think it's Buffy who says to Spike, give it to me. Mm. There are so many moments in this episode where I was just like, oh my God, I was 12. <laughs> the blood licking? I'm sorry, I almost came out here. I mean, honest to God. <laughs> you were 12 watching this pornography. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense when you consider sort of how I turned out as uh -huh. a person. Sure, yeah. 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 But their whole, this, oof, the sexual tension in this episode, off the, off the chain. Would you, mm. would you like to be part of the sexual tension award? Yes. Um, Am I not really in spirit most yeah. of the time? 
It's always, always you are, really, truly always are. So hold on one second. I'm going to um, bring us in. And you can actually see on my notes who oh. we're nominating. So if you want to be a part of it, you can. Are you ready, everyone? that in person. <laughs> Who would you like to read? Well, I have the, the four nominees that Jenny and I have decided on here, um, and we'll, we'll read a few, but why don't you pick, you know, one that speaks to you, Kate? Oh my God, there's, I, mm. You can have two. You do one, then we'll go Jenny, then we'll go me, then we'll go you. Okay. Um, I am going to, for maybe the first time in my life, uh, actively choose the hit pairings. I'm sorry, it's hey. Spike. He defies all logic. Yes. Um, it's that pool table. As I just said, the blood finger thing, mm -hmm. like... It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It, mm, you know, I'm just... I've got just Jenny verbiage right now. Um, <laughs> start some thoughts and not finish them. I find uh, it helpful to do this. <laughs> and that can mean whatever you want it to mean. Grab the calming, cup the calming boob in your hand. So, Take a deep breath. Be the invisible boob you wish to gently cup in the world. As I always say. I don't want to get greedy. Um, they, I, I can also see that someone's going to have a picture of all three of us cupping an invisible boob <laughs> down there. Nice. Okay, Very sorry, nice. Kate, please. Um, so I was just going to say, for uh, Effulgent <laughs> is like, I'm a writer. That part was pretty good. So, <laughs> yes, I, I will nominate Spike and Trusilla. <laughs> okay. Um, this is a very jingle-heavy episode, and so since we never get the chance to, to talk about these two uh, these days, we're just gonna, for Spike and Drew. They got a dark and creepy, ghoulish, freaky kind of love. They got a ropes and handcuffs, tortured, bloodlust kind of love. They do, they do. Spike and Drusilla. Yeah. Okay, that's our first nominee. Jenny, who are you nominating? Wow. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Is it going to go me and then Kate again and then you? Actually, yes. I, I, let, Kate, <laughs> let Kate have more of a choice oh, in yeah. the matter. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sounds great. <laughs> um... <laughs> Um, then I choose to nominate Spike and Angel. We've, I already did a whole thing, so I'm not going to reiterate, but you know why. You know what they did. I certainly do. <laughs> I know, I think I know who I'm getting left with. <laughs> oh, yeah, <That's> fun. <laughs> it's all right, I'll Traitor. take one for the team. Actually, I'll just take them so that you can end on a high note. Perfect. I will nominate by default, but also Xander. No, because you fully believe in it and you love I both mean, of these characters equally I, and you think they're the best ones on the I show. Do. Please go on. The bottom and the service bottom. <laughs> Xander and Riley with their boots. 
Thank you. Which brings us, of course, <laughs> to the source of many of fan fiction's lost to old computers. Um, <laughs> if you could see them now, <laughs> I would get so canceled. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta be Spike and Buffy, baby. You can um, follow us at Buffering Cast. We'll put up that sexual tension award poll for you to enjoy, to vote upon, or you can just look into our eyes right now and vote with your soul, and we'll know. <laughs> Great. Something very special is going to happen tonight, which is, I mean, listen, a lot of special things have already happened tonight, but Kate Leth has never shared a stage with Joanna Robinson. Can you believe it? Hold on, Joanna, stay where you are. (laughs) Stay right there. Because I remembered yesterday, I was like, Jenny, don't we have a jingle for Joanna? I forgot about it. And let me tell you, Scoobs, it's real good. So without further ado, I'm going to play Joanna's jingle as she walks out on stage right now. Are we ready? Okay, here, here we go. Hi, Joanna Robinson. Is that a lock around your neck? Hanging sure by is. a chain? By thread. By, by pure cockney joy that we find <laughs> is completely fake. Isn't it nice to know why James Marshall's accent isn't perfect? You're like, oh, Spike's putting his accent on. I see. <laughs> it's not his accent. I was wondering if anyone here is thirsty. I think that you know that and they I, are. And I don't mean like... <laughs> Everybody is thirsty, Joanna. I feel weird. This is this is the. Uh, I will stop hovering over you no, in a second. Right. I promise. But uh, this is this is the perfect episode for us all to talk about, right? It is the objectively horniest episode of Buffy Vampire Slayer. <laughs> like the sexual tensioniest uh, episode. It has the most iconic Buffy fashion moment. So no. of course, Kate is here for the origin of the coat. Like this is just. This is it. This is the episode. And then Kristen and I are here for all the Spike stuff, and then Riley's here too, I guess. So, you know, something for everyone. I feel like I have to start being a Riley apologist just to give him a little more support, but it's not going to happen. So wait, is anyone thirsty but, like, but like actually thirsty? Joanna brought something very special to the club tonight. There's some O negative. There's some B negative. Those are the only types I've seen. Wait, I have a really important question for you guys. Yeah. It's like, a, it's, it's, I think, one of the toughest questions <laughs> of this episode. 
like I'm just been racking my brain. Can you guys think of anything that rhymes with gleaming? <laughs> that was the first thing Cohen said. <laughs> They've been being like so good. And then we got to that point, they were like, so many things rhyme with gleaming. Steaming. Reaming. Reaming. Wow. Just went right for it, kids. Like with paper, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like a, yeah. Oh no, that's something else. Anyway, um, yeah. So it's I, almost as if he's not a very good poet. Almost. Listen, Almost. listen, you work effulgent into a stanza and then come talk to okay. me. <laughs> I will, Joanna. Challenge accepted. Yeah, challenge yeah. accepted I, by both the songwriter okay, and the writer up here. Um, yes. I have an idea based on this challenge, Joanna, which is that if you're listening to this podcast or in this room with us, um, write the poem Spike should have written. Send it to us at bufferingthevampireslayer at gmail.com and the winner will get one of Kate Leth's posters. Oh. oh my God, yeah, I'll sign one and just write the word effulgent on it. Yes! <laughs> In like really fancy handwriting. Yes. Like, a nice, like a nice yeah. tattoo for yeah. Spike, effulgent oh, on the bicep. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. get, work, get to work rhyming gleaming though. We're going without, you're going to put effulgent on it. It has to be, listen, I'm making the rules Yes, now. yeah, please. <laughs> Shorter than a sonnet, any, you know, pentameter that you choose, but it has to include a rhyme for gleaming and the word effulgent. Yeah. Those yeah. are the rules. And I think if you do iambic, like, bonus points, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. Go, whatever, whatever poetry style speaks to you. Sure. You're all and if you can rhyme Cecily, I applaud mm, you. So, yes, you know, yes. I'm yeah. very excited to read it. The a, winner it gets the poster and Cecily. Wow. <laughs> Lucky you, I suppose. Listen, <laughs> Cecily's great. I will say really quickly in defense of Cecily, Spike walks up to her and she's like, oh, no. You know? <laughs> like, she makes it really clear she doesn't want to talk to him. And he's like, oh, I know. They're all Philistines. Every it's single just time. us. And she's like, no, no, no. Every single time I see this scene, I think about, hey there, Delilah. And <laughs> how the girl it was written about was like, this wasn't cool. Like, I don't know you. True story. Um, and so she had it follow her everywhere for years. They met like once at a party, the guy right. who wrote that song and her. And she's like, I had a boyfriend. This is weird. And I always think about that when I see And her name song. was Delilah. Delilah, yeah. Oh, and God. then he wrote, hey, they're Delilah. And it became this like huge hit. And this girl who was Delilah, a kind of uncommon name, yeah. uh, was like, well, great. <laughs> gonna, yeah, it's going to come on in a bar. And How she's just going to be like, oh, no. Yeah, pretty much. That song about I'm me sure again. I'm sure Sweet Caroline felt the same way. <laughs> Um, so, Joanna uh, Robinson, for those of you who are listening and not seeing, uh, is, you know, has bleached her hair blonde. Yeah, it looks incredible. Is wearing, yeah. Uh, who made that shirt, Joanna? Oh, I did. <laughs> Guys, have you ever bleached a shirt? Because here's yes. what's fun. You just take bleach and you <laughs> intentionally put it on something. <laughs> Spike, as you know, has very little bleach on his shirt, but then I started bleaching and I couldn't stop. And I was just like, and I did it with a plastic fork. Did I tell you that part? No. No, okay, so you take the bottle of bleach. DIY, guys. Take a bottle of bleach, dip a plastic fork in. I lost two plastic forks to the bottle in this process. (laughs) But, like, by the time I got to the third fork, I was really good at it. And you just sort of, like, flick the bleach. Yeah, and then... Uh, this hot mess happens, so, you know. It's very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is well, very good. And this is, I mean, I feel like I'm on stage with several Spike experts. Is this peak Spike? 
Oh yeah. V- yeah. Visually speaking, is yeah. this peak? No, spot? like there is there is no moment, no more like aesthetically pleasing moment of Buffy the Vampire Slayer than when James Marsters in this like subway chic, like looks up at the Whoa. camera, right? <laughs> Across the decades. There is a reason I spent three and a half hours yeah. on his face. Across fight's happening and you're like well this is hot and she rules and this is great he looks great oh she's got the coat holy shit and then he breaks the floor. and then he starts talking to her from the subway this eyeliner is so smudged and you're like yes yeah so much and then he's just like hmm maybe i'm the top for once He's not. He's trying, though. He's trying. Good he really, him. he really is trying in this no. scene. He even snaps the subway pole in half. Oh, that is pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty cool. He's like a top for like a second. Yeah. It's so good. The transitions in this part is like this is a fantastic episode. I love it so much. Rewatching it is such a joy. Um, it is. It is in my top ten, if not top five. I, I will say that. And they, the changes over the years, but it's oh so good. Um, but the the transitions that start to happen with like the clap when it comes back to the yeah. present day. Oh. And then the what subway pole turning thing. Yeah, I don't know what the he says second, on the clap, but it's a very the good second. moment. Second, the second, yes. Yes, so incredible is the point where it's like, whoa, whoa, this is actually like a really good episode. Um, Cause you already know it, but like that part is, is very, it's a standout Buffy moment for me. Good job director whose name we mocked earlier because we didn't recognize it. <laughs> <clears throat> I didn't mean to mock it. I just had never heard it. I wow. was like, I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure you've heard me say it before <laughs> in the intro of our podcast that we host together. That's why I didn't hear it. <laughs> what the hell? Was it Nick Mark? Yeah. I'm great. I'm... <laughs> Another natural talent rises. I just remember because it's two first names. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, so yeah, Billy Idol Spike is amazing. Something that so something that Cohen mentioned backstage is that this is the first, I believe, and and you guys will be able to correct us if we're wrong, uh, the first confirmation that Spike bleaches his hair, even though we, like, we knew that wasn't natural, right? But, like, this is, this is the first, isn't this the first we see of William's, like, natural brunette? Yeah. Is this the, is this this is the first time we see William? Spike uh, flashback to William. But I believe he's been called Captain Peroxide (laughs) already. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think I wondered for a long time uh, when I was younger, because I was dumb, um, if Spike had, like, bleached his hair and then died. Not (laughs) deep, right? right, right. Had been killed, and so his hair was just bleached forever. But that's not how that works. Here's, here's the deal, right? Like, oh no, your hair keeps growing when you after yeah, you die. Because vampires yeah, yeah. get different haircuts. So this is true, but when you're a vampire, I'm so like pleased and upset. So I just we? learned that information. Yeah. Uh, for the listener at home, somebody in the front row, very deservedly in the front row, yeah. was like, no, no. When you die, your skin shrinks. And said it with like, are you a, a death doctor? A death doctor. <laughs> Christian. <laughs> That's still v- 
very impressive. You Almost. don't need to follow that up. Are you a Almost death, a death doctor? doctor. Okay. <laughs> so when you die, your hair does not keep growing. So then Spike never has to touch at his roots. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> but what? That's just quite that a hair decision like, he okay, made. That would be the dream. But like he made, but he made up. He made this that hair decision. Like he made that hair decision, and then he's like stuck with it. He fried his ends uh, forever. I think it probably it changes. We um, see vampires over time. I don't. I actually there's, don't know. Listen, oh, we there is confirmation later in the series that vampire hair can grow. That's oh, a, I love right. the way you tiptoed through the two spoiler on that one. Yeah. almost. Yeah. And as someone in the audience said, metaphysics. <laughs> okay. Wait, so. wait, follow-up question. Yes, please. Where were you when you found out that James Marsters, A, was not British, and B, <laughs> Ooh. did not look quite the same without the bleached hair? I with feel love. like it was... Uh, <laughs> I, it's like a like a blacked out memory yeah. of like yeah. something traumatic yeah. happens yeah. and you kind of just can't really process it. Like someone spun a subway pole and hit you in the head. Much like <laughs> and you woke up like months later and you're like, where am I? This is like when I found out that uh, that Doctor House was the same person from Jeeves and Wooster. <laughs> which my parents had on a loop uh, constantly when I was a child alongside Monty, Monty Python. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're parents. like, Birdie, what the? Yeah, it was yeah. very weird. I was like, oh my God, he's not American. Because the thing is, British people are so good at doing American accents, but if I could ever have three minutes to talk to David Boreanaz, I would be like, do you even know where Ireland is? <laughs> him because he's like <laughs> actually do you know who can tell you exactly what he's like who she's sitting right next to you what does uh, david boreanaz do for I for ireland oh what is david boreanaz's bad like yeah. the liam accent yeah uh, you know it's like diddly eye potatoes oh, it's like yeah. very bad he's, but it's like he's got this weird overtone where right. it's like Right. What what are you doing with There's them? fear everywhere. I can hear we can't, it. We can't stay here. It's fine. <laughs> Why did I let them let me wear this wig? <laughs> Repeatedly. How Why? How much dry shampoo is in this? <laughs> it's standing a foot off me head. It's rough. <laughs> and now you all know why we wanted them on stage together. That shit took like six minutes. I have a, I have a question. Yeah. Do you think when they were so when they're filming this slow mo, <laughs> all four all four of our our vamps walking towards camera? I would kill, by the way, to see a version of it that sped up yeah. to regular speed. Yeah. Please go on. First of all, Marsha's wig does this like flop thing. That Jenny's hair did not do. Um, secondly, do you think Boreanis is like, oh, I wanted to do the jump? <laughs> do you think they like? <laughs> do you think they like let him do one <laughs> and be like, oh, Dave, it's fine. We'll do we'll do a take. We might use it. Yeah. And they're like, we're not gonna use it. <laughs> and he's like, we. <laughs> but like Irisher. <laughs> I'm, I'm flying higher than a leprechaun. It's just so bad. It's very bad. 
It's very bad. It's in my top five worst accents in film or yeah. TV. It's above Peter Dinklage's like Game of Thrones accent. Julia Roberts and Mary Riley. Um, oh, that's uh, a good one. Is it Kevin Costner and Robin Hood? Oh, Keanu Reeves and Dracula. That's the best one. That's the best one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, what I respect about Kevin Costner <laughs> is that he doesn't try to do an accent. He, he gives up like two scenes in. I don't think he even starts. He's just sort of like, yeah, I'm Robin of Loxley. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> My estate. My father, the king. You're like, okay. I respect a lot about Kevin Costner, to be honest with you. So. <laughs> Kate is laying down on the table. But like, to, to go back it's to just this. not every day you get to hear someone say, here's the list of things I respect about Kevin Costner. You guys, have you ever seen the Madonna documentary, Truth or Dare? Yes. Yeah? And then Kevin Costner comes backstage and he's like, I liked your show, it was really neat. Right, he says that, it's very polite. He's like, we really liked your show, it's really neat. And she's like, neat? I mean, I respect Madonna too, but she was like, neat, okay, thanks. And then he leaves, and then she goes, like this. Rude. Like a, a gag with the finger to Kevin Costner. And I was like, Madonna, I respect you a lot, but he just said something nice about your show, so. Kevin you know. Costner stands you out there? <laughs> they're, they're, they're really excited. All three of them are like with me. So, yeah. But to go back to the slow-mo shot, I feel like Boreas would be like, I'm the one with my own show. My own show. <laughs> I've, I've moved to Los Angeles. It's called Angel. Heard of it? I get to do the hop. I work with Cordelia. Dude. I know that you're like both doing like a hilarious like fake accent bit, but you both sound 100% better than David Borean is. It's fucked up. Boy, thank you. <laughs> oh boy, okay, all right. Wow. Buffy. Wow. <laughs> okay, so that we may have our seats again. Yes. Kate, mm -hmm. do you have any parting words for us? You're coming back before we leave, but oh, good, great. Yeah, yeah I was just gonna like head out. No, no, mm. you gotta stay. You gotta stay here gotcha. at least till the howl, okay? Oh, obviously. It's very important. We have a surprise for the howl. It's oh. not James Marsters. Everybody, keep in your seats. <laughs> is that what everybody thinks a surprise is? I don't know. I just like I had this moment one time where Tegan and Sarah surprised everyone at a pride party that I threw, and I've I like every time I say there's a surprise now after that I always feel like it won't be big enough. Literally, yeah. literally like what if Chris and Jenny made you sit here for two hours and listen <laughs> to these chuckle fucks? <laughs> well, James Mercer was backstage. He's just like chilling, playing Pokemon with Cohen. His cheekbones. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Nothing it takes a long time more. to sharpen cheekbones, Joanna. Um, my last words, uh, boy, um, this one's a lot. 
This is a lot. I mean, if you, I sh I'm sure there are people who listen to this podcast who are listening to it being like, oh, I've watched, I watched Buffy a couple years ago. I remember enough about this, but it's also a joy to be reminded of the things that I forgot. Um, but if you have not watched this episode recently, please do yourself the favor <laughs> of doing it again and being like, wow, 12 year olds watched this. <laughs> Did you have to like watch it with a parental figure in the oh, room? Oh, it was like a whole thing where my family watched it together. Like wow. it was the only thing we watched together other than Mystery Science Theater and Jeeves and Wooster and Monty Python. <laughs> I am the way I am on purpose. Um, but yes, we watched it and because we lived in Atlantic Canada, we got it a day early. We got it on Monday nights um, instead of Tuesday until it moved to wherever network, CW, what was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oopin. Oopin. Then Oopin. it was on the same night as everyone else and we were no longer special. But uh, it was, there were some uncomfortable moments, as you will see, with Spike as the show develops. Um, yeah. So yeah, just imagine being 12 and watching that with your parents and... Uh, um, oh, wow. <laughs> I'm sure that was a great sound. Okay, uh, I'm going to take that as my cue. Um, thank you. Thank uh, you so Kay, much. Kay Lath! <laughs> thank you. Um, one of my favorite parts of the Philly Live episode was that um, we had, we said until next time and then the audience said she'll see you at the mall and I would love to do that again just because it was so much fun. Are you ready? Until next time. She'll see you at the mall. You guys are great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love it. Hi, Joanna. Oh, hi, Kristen. Hey. hey. Well, we're, we're nearing the end of the episode. Sure. Here, yeah. But... You know, a lot of it was Irish accents. And I wanna, which was amazing, but I wanna, I don't know. We're like here, and Spike is killing his second Slayer. Yeah, it happened. We and, all saw it, once upon a time. Wait, so Kate, you know, a lady never reveals her age. I will reveal my age, which is, you know, uh, Kate was 12 when she watched this. I was 19. This episode aired 19 years ago, so it's exactly like my midlife <gasps> was watching this episode, I guess. Spooky. Yeah. I yeah, I was in college. I made all, like, against their will, I made all of my roommates and friends and boyfriend and whatever watch Buffy. Like, all of them. Every Tuesday, that's what we did. And I also remember this crossover episode was such a big deal that you think, like... You think you've experienced the slow-mo hop, but have you experienced it until you've seen 1,000 promos for the crossover event of the century where everyone's going to be wearing wigs and frock coats? <laughs> so are you, is, is no one on my team that the, that the um, barrel hop is good? Thank you. I mean, I'm okay to stand alone on the barrel, uh, below the barrel to catch Spike. Do you think that it's cute or sexy? Those are my options. Yep. Or or goofy. Goofy is yeah, okay. goofy, cute or sexy. It's gooftacular, but then like after the that, walk. there no, but then after that there's a subway, and then you just forget. You're like, I yes. don't remember anything that happened before the subway. No one's really, no one's willing subway. to take 1900 barrel jumping spike, but I'll take you. <laughs> His hair flops. It like goes up and then down again. He's committed to the moment. 
And the jump. All right. Let's, let's talk about the rest of this episode with Joanna Robinson, shall we? So the whole conversation is like Spike being like, listen, the only reason you fucking lasted this long is because you have ties to the world, which is a thing that we hear a lot. He's like, your family? The Scoobs, right? He literally is like, those Scoobs. Those motherfucking <laughs> Scoobs. Mm -hmm. Does not mention Riley, just saying. Only one of us does all the time. Well, when I'm hitting on someone, I always try to bring up their current partner. But like, Spike never misses a moment to make fun of Riley and or other people. So That's like, true. I feel like, but then he also doesn't bring up Giles, which he should have. So anyway. It's well, but a, he says, he does say her family, which uh, could. Kristen. <laughs> 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 Remember when she was like, you watchers are all prudish? And then Giles was like, no, I'd be devastated if you died was oh. my point. Yeah. This episode has everything. It does. It really does. So dad's sad and mom's sick, right? Yeah. So, and that's the thing. And we get like a little taste of it at the beginning of the episode, right? Where she's like, hey, can you help me make this grocery list? Not that she's sick, but just like they pepper in like, oh, Buffy's helping take care of the household in a few ways. And they do it again mm. with the conditioner later on. Like, where's the conditioner? Did you check under the sink? It's like Buffy is like saving the world. Follow and also, question. What? Was that conditioner? No. Why is your conditioner under the sink? <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Apparently, Joyce Summers has extremely effulgent locks. Then you need the conditioner in a more accessible location than under the sink. <laughs> if she had said, where's my travel conditioner or whatever, but she was just like, where's the conditioner? Also, no conditioner has ever looked like that. It was definitely a bottle of shampoo. But yeah, Joyce is not, Joyce is not doing well. She's going to stay overnight at the hospital, um, which is something that we learned towards the end of the episode. Um, and are we there yet? We can't be there yet. Oh, my God. First, before we get there, before we get to the fucking steps, which just, I can't. A few things happen. Yes. I just forgot. I just remember that Harmony's in this episode. Yeah. Um, Harmony is in this episode, but she looks amazing. She does. She really does. Look at that jumpsuit. Do you always shoulder shimmy when you think about Harmony? Is I just shoulder do, shimmy Jenny? while I'm making this podcast. That's just the way it goes, Joanna. Right. Can't be tamed. Keep your fingers and extremities away from my shoulders. They could do anything. They will be shimmying. They shall. Uh, all right. Okay, so a couple of things. We're in the fucking alleyway after the story is told about the New York City Slayer. And Spike is like, I'm going to have myself, like one of those days you're going to have a death witch. I'll slip in, have myself a real good day. And then he's like, hit me, because bottom. And Buffy's like, no. And then he's like, okay, so then like, I'll kiss you. You know who has a death wish? <laughs> oh. 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 Like yeah. you watch him do it and you're like, no. No, stop, stop. <laughs> Don't do it. You're not reading the signals properly, no. man. Cause she was like, she's giving him very Cecily vibes. She's like, no, yeah. no. But the thing is, like, I've talked a lot about being in love with my best friend as a child, a child, a college-aged person. <laughs> 
and like she would be like, come over and watch Felicity. And I would be, and I would hear like, come over and watch Felicity. You know, it's hard when you have a crush is all I'm saying. She's like, the pink rangers in this one. (laughs) (laughs) And then Buffy has way more reason to be Cecily than Cecily does. Oh, yeah. She's a real Cecily in this moment, but... (laughs) Can we make that happen? You're being a real Cecily right now. But yeah, she says the same thing. Is this a coincidence, or did Spike include this phrase in the story? I, I imagine that Spike did, like, voices as he's telling the story. <laughs> Including, like, a really shitty Irish yeah. accent. <laughs> yeah. Imagine Noise. Spike's Drusilla impression. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yes. Oh, yes, that's yes, yes. very good. Okay, so... So Spike is left on the floor of the alley covered in money and his own tears. She doesn't need to, like, throw the money. No, she, like, but, crumples but, it but and, like, to, throws it. She could have just dropped, I don't know. I mean, to her yeah. defense, he just tried to fucking kiss her in an alleyway after telling her that she had a death wish. She's very overwhelmed. Oh, uh, but, you know, there's a lot of, like, fish nor fowl vibes with, like, the way that Buffy interacts with Spike. So I feel like it's, like, very fair for him to, like, maybe not... Like, why is he alive? Why is he alive? Yes, and also... He does more shitty things to them, like, has done more shitty things up to this point, historically, than not shitty things. Yeah, and also death and sex are always, like, this close in Buffy the... I mean, maybe everywhere, I don't know. And, and, but in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, like, you know, a vampire feeding on somebody is very sexualized. Spike cannot feed on any, like, there's mm-hmm. all this, I was thinking, like, I wonder if he ha- didn't have the chip in his head, if he would still be in love with Buffy, or, I mean, I guess we'd g- actually get to a scene that talks about that uh, in a second. But it's just, like, is he as enamored with Buffy as he is because he cannot, like, kill her? Yeah, I hear your hmms. So, I, I don't know if I told this story on this podcast before. It's possible that I have, because I've read only one single solitary Buffy Vampire Slayer fan magazine, and it was something that, like, a well-meaning grandparent or parent put in my stocking one Christmas. <laughs> They're like, oh, she likes this. <laughs> oh, it's very sweet. That yeah. was very nice. Um, but it was around season four, because it was about sort of like Anya and Spike becoming regulars, and Marcers, James Marsters gave this interview where he's like, in order to get screen time, you have to either try, be trying to kill her or kiss her. Yeah. So, why not both sort of thing. So, right. yeah. Right. Yeah, actually, when we talked to James, he talked a little bit about that, like that his... Not that his like way of staying on as the character of Spike, but that like he knew that he couldn't just be bad to stay on the show because if you're just bad, like you know your timeline is shorter, mm. which is why we're gonna get so complicated, aren't we? Later. Anyway, in South America in 1998, there's a slime demon. What's it called? A chaos demon. Yes, a chaos demon. Zandler is slime. Drusilla has to find her pleasures where she can because Spike. Tastes like I ashes. Do, I do love that Drusilla moment, though. Like, imagine turning to, like, your maybe soon-to-be ex and being like, listen, I have to find my pleasure somewhere. It's like, it's a, it's a bold statement. I'm really, I appreciate Drusilla for it. Can you, can you blame a girl? 
right. Yes. This chaos demon, what a sweetheart. Oh right? my God, he's so nice. Oh my God. He's, he's like, I didn't so know. I'll leave you, you guys have things to work out. Yeah. I'll be over here. How much laundry do you think my this antlers? guy has to do? So <laughs> my <laughs> <laughs> Well, we learn in the scene that, of course, uh, Spike tastes like ashes because he's been thinking about Buffy since he met Buffy. And like, I guess he could couch that in just like, well, I just want to kill the Slayer because that's what I do. I kill Slayers. But Drusilla seems to tell us that that is not the full story. And we already know that she can like pluck a fulgent out of his head. So oh, true. Yeah. she knows what he's thinking. She's not wrong. So here we are. Joyce lost her conditioner. And she's like, I'm going to stay at the hospital overnight. I'm going to be fine. She does not look fine. The makeup team is doing a great job. <laughs> um, and Buffy says, this is like probably just about as Buffy as you can get. I know you will. And then she goes outside and by herself, she sits down and she cries. Like she's strong for, for Joyce. And then she like takes her moment by herself. And Spike, uh -huh. who's gone home after drying his tears with his money and dug out a dusty old shotgun, which uh, Harmony has question deeply uh, his ability to use it effectively. Uh, and he rolls into the summer's backyard. He would like to end his suffering, please. But, well, Buffy's crying. So then there's a lot of jaw clenching and a lot of like gentle face work. The eyebrows are in play, but just ever so slightly. The cheekbones are popping yeah yes, they are they really are and also like i know that there's a lot going on with james marster's face but sarah michelle keller's fucking face right i yeah. mean the, the like she has this look on her face that, that we've seen as the viewer i think a couple times like helpless came to mind that episode like she, she's terrified and she is vulnerable in a way that she so rarely is. And when I saw it, I was like, okay, we've seen this, but I don't think that Spike has ever seen this. I don't think he's ever seen her look like this. And it totally breaks him. Um, so he sits down. Joanna, you get to play Buffy. Oh no, actually, I guess you should play Spike. Jenny will play Buffy. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> to the listener at home, Jenny's doing a great... Jenny took her hair down. That's two live shows in a row that you found a way to take your hair down. <laughs> oh, yes. okay. Spike sits down on the steps. I'm staring next, into the middle of distance. Next to Buffy. And like a man who has not comforted a person in several hundreds of years, he picks up his hands... He places it gingerly on her shoulder, and he pat, pat, pats it. <laughs> like a, like a two-year-old little boy who just learned how to be gentle while petting a cat. And like, soft touch, soft, soft, soft touch, <laughs> gentle. Soft, gentle, gentle. <laughs> 
And like, I think this is where we truly go off of the rails with, I mean, I know everyone here likes Spike, but Joanna, you and I are sort of notorious for our Spike love. And this is like the moment we go off the Spike rails. For me, it's my moment of I'm off now. No, I already, I like the eyeliner and the eye contact. But yeah, this is a whole nother yeah thing. And then he sa- he says before the pat pat, he says like, "Is there something I can do?" Oh. I'm so I glad know. that you're here groaning with us. Is there something I can do? She doesn't even say anything. And then yeah, he decides the thing to do is. I'm so comforted. Thank you. And they're like, you know, they're they're both wearing very similar, like they're like she's wearing baggy black clothes, he's wearing all black. Like there's just something visually. I like, wish I could visualize it. I wish there was like some artistic representation oh. of it. Well, what do you know? To the Kate listener, Leth. we turned around, we looked at the poster behind us that Kate Leth has Kate designed. Kate Leth. So I don't like sometimes we do an episode and I don't want to let it go. Like that's how I felt when we were doing Hush. You know, I was like, oh no, once we stop talking about it, we're done talking about it. And this is one of those episodes. We have Kate Leth and Joanna Robinson to talk about Fool for Love. How are you doing out there? A blessed day. We have something. Kate, Kate, come on, come on back out, Kate. Um, yes, share a microphone with Jenny. Oh, yes. Um, we have some... So you know how the podcast ends, don't you? James Marsters here? (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't you feel the fool if he was? (laughs) Um, so we are going to howl out, and we have something because... Let's just give another round of applause to the Brava Theater for having us tonight. This is, a, this is a space that exists to champion women's voices, LGBTQ voices, POC voices, marginalized voices. Uh, so we are honored to be here. And if you live in this area, you should come back and support them. If you don't, you should just travel to the Bay Area because it rules and come and see some stuff at the Brava Theater. Um, San Francisco, we asked you to howl out with us, and Kathy up there uh, running the lighting uh, has something special for us to howl out to, don't you, Kathy? Well, 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 well. For the listeners, so you don't feel left out, the lights have gone down. There's above lighting that looks like the sky, and behind us is a moon with some stars. Would you say that moon is effulgent? I would say <laughs> gleaming. I would say that moon is effulgent. True. It's a full, it's a full <laughs> ass moon. Is there a, a bulge in it? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> You've gone too far. <laughs> are, are, you, are you ready, San Francisco? <laughs> Thank you all so much for joining us on this magical evening. Until next time. Oh. <laughs> Hell yeah. Thank you. Beautiful.
I don't have a death wish How could you even say it? I fight it but the truth is I'm hanging by a thread Thought nobody could touch me But maybe I've been lucky Cause now I think I might be In way over my head I hate you Tell me the truth Even though I do I hate you I need you To show me how predators Do What they do And I don't want to talk about it So I'm not gonna talk about it Baby's got a death wish I don't know how to do this I fight it but the truth is I'm hanging by a thread I know that you don't see me Been a while since my heart beat But now I think I might be In way over my head I hate you, I love you I wish you were dead, no I don't I hate you, I love you Get out of my head Oh, I might joke If you don't want to talk about it We don't have to talk about it talk about it I don't want to talk about it We don't have to talk about
we have to try to find ways to find peace and art and love and connection in the midst of the chaos of life. So that's life writing. I am so excited to have comic and daily show correspondent Roy Wood Jr. Well, hello. That joke was birthed from my trip to the African-American Smithsonian in DC, which that was the first time I saw something where, all right, on this floor, it's nothing but good news. Mm. We've gone through slavery, we've gone through desegregation and emancipation proclamation and reconstruction. But on this floor, Beyonce, Michael Jordan, Issa Rae. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Come and join us on Life Writing for more stories like these and the tools writers need to make yourself the hero or heroine of the adventure of your life. Life Writing is available wherever you get your podcasts.